Welcome back to another episode of Struggle Create Strength. Struggle Create Strength is a mental health platform exemplifying that everyone has a story. I always say that no two stories are the same, but every story has the potential to help someone else. On today's episode, we bring on and bring back Grace Graham. Grace Graham is amazing and she's so passionate. If you know Grace or you followed Grace since she last came on the podcast, you know how passionate she is towards everything that she takes on in life and everything that comes her way in life. And although she is this passionate, she does have to explain that life isn't always easy and life isn't always what you want it to be. And she got proven that just a few days after she was last on the podcast when she was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder. She even said that after she was diagnosed, she thought that all of her problems would subside and she would be good because now she knew what was really wrong. But as she'll, as you'll see in this episode, she explains that that is not the case. Struggles are universal and despite knowing exactly what's wrong with us, it's not easy and mental health is a journey. Mental health is something that requires a lot of attention and Grace, I commend you for coming back on. Your courage, your strength, everything that you have is amazing and I hope that everyone truly does enjoy this episode of Struggle Create Strength. Hi. Hello. Hi. How are you? Oh, I'm, oh, I'm doing okay. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. It's been so long. I think this is, I think it's so cool. <laughs> it's your backdrop. You got everything all set up. I love it. Oh yeah. Just, this is, it. this is it now. It's crazy. Like even it's actually so crazy. I guess we didn't even do this for yours. Did mm -hmm. we? I don't think so. On your couch. I think like you were just chilling. Last time. That's so weird. That's so crazy that I, yeah. Wow. Okay. I do have to say like, I think, it's probably proper for everyone that is listening just to start it off in a proper way and say thank you so much for coming on to the Struggle Create Strength podcast once again, which is a little bit different. I haven't gotten the opportunity to do that, but this is definitely going to be a very special episode, as you know. And I'm so excited. Thanks for having me yeah, again. <laughs> of course. Yeah. And I think just bringing new people on or bringing old people on that for new episodes. <laughs> I don't know how to word this, but you know what I mean? Love I think it. it's, I think it's really cool. It's like kind of a checkup and um, just almost like a, where are they now sort of situation yeah. I think is cool. I think we talked about doing this after I did my first one, but I didn't, I, I was like, oh yeah, cool. I didn't think it would actually happen. And now I'm like, oh my God, it's actually happening. <laughs> so much has changed since then. So I know. I know. Yeah, no, it's so crazy. And just like you said, so much does change. And I know my life has changed insane, like just an insane amount yeah. since we last spoke. And then obviously, same for you. And we, we did get the, the great opportunity to actually have a conversation yesterday, which was awesome. And you <laughs> filled me in a little bit on <laughs> where you've kind of been and what's kind of happened over the past four yeah. months, but kind of Fill the rest of the people in that don't necessarily know. Okay, so um, literally, I think I think we did my last podcast on like a Saturday or it was a weekend. And then literally that Tuesday, I had a like a appointment with my psychiatrist to do a whole like reevaluation. I was just expecting it to go as it always has like my whole life. Oh, you have anxiety. Yeah, I know that. Oh, you have depression. Yeah, I know that. And then... She, uh, at the end, she was like, yeah, you have borderline personality disorder. I was like, well, hold on a second. What? <laughs> and then, cause I remember, um, and, and that's, that's an example right there. Sorry. Leo has been really lovey. He just wants to sit <laughs> on my lap all the time right now. Um, I think right there, that's an example of like, I always preach like, you know, and the stigma around mental illness. But when I got diagnosed, my first thought was, holy shit. I'm not, I was like, in my head, I was like, am I crazy? Um, and I had remembered actually last year, I took an abnormal psychology class and I was learning about BPD and they're reading off all the symptoms. And I was like, oh, I do that. Oh, I do that. Oh, I do that. But then I was like, couldn't be me. Little <laughs> do you know, here we are a year later. Um, 
yeah, so I got diagnosed with borderline personality disorder. Um, there's actually four uh, subtypes. There's um, impulsive, self-destructive, petulant, which is like reactive, or that's the more like angry one where you have like the most intense um, reactions. They tend to be like anger and rage. And then there's uh, quiet, which is what I have. So it's called quiet BPD. Um, and I have all my little notes because I forget lots. So if you see me looking down again, that's <laughs> um, yeah, so I started, um, I was actually put on Adderall for my ADHD, um, as well at the same time and holy crap, I didn't realize how bad my ADHD was until I started taking my Adderall. And then I would like forget the day and I'd be like, I can't function. Like, how did I do this my whole life? Um, so yeah, um, starting on the Adderall really, really helped with like my daily, oh, it says my internet connection is unstable. One second here. What is going on? Okay, we're back. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I didn't realize how bad it was. Like I remember the, after the first week of taking it, I was like, oh my God. I can have clear thoughts. I can think one thing completely through without being interrupted. I can talk. I also came to realize that um, one of my symptoms with my ADHD is called executive dysfunction, which is um, like you, it's basically a speech impediment. So I, you know, would trip over my words a lot. I would stutter a lot. Um, and I realized that after I started taking my Adderall, I would talk and not trip over my words all the time and I'm like what I, I can hold a conversation what is going on <laughs> so that was cool um but for the BPD I got put on Wellbutrin and my mom's on Wellbutrin my grandma's on Wellbutrin my best friend's on Wellbutrin I know a lot of people who are on it and um it can be used it's an antidepressant but it can be used to treat like a wide variety of different things mm -hmm. The thing that sucks about most personality disorders, especially BPD, is that there's not actually a direct treatment for it. So, um, you know, there's like a DBT, which is like a certain type of therapy, which is geared more towards uh, borderline patients, but it's not directly for borderline. Um, you know, you can use antipsychotics, mood stabilizers, antidepressants, but there's not a specific medication for BPD. So what works for one person, I mean, this is every medication, but usually like if so someone might need a mood stabilizer or somebody might need an antipsychotic or somebody might need, you know, an antidepressant and it's, it just really depends on like what symptoms you experience through it. Mm -hmm. um, like um, one of my, one of my close friends, she also has BPD and she's on, she's actually on an anti-seizure medication, which is used to help treat like mood. And I was like, didn't know that worked, but that's kind of cool. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so basically borderline personality disorder is, um, for those who don't know, it's essentially, uh, very, very, very unstable moods that change within minutes to hours to days. Um, in terms of like mood fluctuations, it's sort of similar to bipolar disorder, but bipolar disorder, your mood swings last like minimum a few days to a few weeks, even a few months. Whereas my, like specifically my mood swings don't last longer than a day but usually with borderline patients they last like a couple minutes to a couple days um and they're like they're with bipolar it's two like extremes it's either super high or super low with borderline it's all the emotions but you feel them very 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 intensely so when I'm happy, I'm in a state of, I'm in this like insane euphoric state. I'm on top of the world. I can do anything. And um, usually when I'm happy, I feel something called a God complex or a superiority complex, which is like, not to sound cocky, but like in that moment, I'm like, I'm the best person in the world. No one can top <laughs> me. Like, blah, blah, blah. Like I'm the baddest bitch around like that. <laughs> but then when I'm sad, I, it's like, can't get out of bed like I'm crying hysterically I'm you know I I'm the worst person in the world everyone who's ever left like has left because of me I'm you know at fault for everything and then when I get mad I turn into the Hulk <laughs> like I just like 
it goes from like zero to a hundred in terms of rage. And it's like, there's no in between for any emotions. It's you're either at one extreme or the other, or the other, or the other. And like mm-hmm. literally yesterday I took a shower and I was like sitting on my bath or on the bathtub floor, like crying. And then I got out of the shower and I just went and sat on my bed for like five minutes. And I started dancing in my room. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it just, it goes all over the place. Um, so in terms of quiet BPD, so a lot of the times with BPD, um, you know, your reactions and your emotions tend to go outward. So, um, you know, even though I experience all these crazy mood swings, um, a lot of the times people who don't have quiet BPD, they just have other forms of BPD. Um, their emotions generally, you know, they react towards other people. Like when they're mad or they're upset, it's like blaming everybody else or like, you did this, you caused this. Mm -hmm. Um, But for quiet BPD, it's internalized. So I tend to suppress probably about 90% of my negative emotions. Um, But like you wouldn't, unless I chose to show somebody, you wouldn't be able to tell that I was having like a depressive episode or an angry episode, unless I choose to show you. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, instead of blaming everybody else or like blaming a certain person, which I'll get into because that's a whole other thing. Um, <laughs> I blame myself for everything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I tend to, if, if something bad happens, it doesn't matter what, it's my fault. And mm-hmm. part of the reason why um, like this BPD is called quiet is because I think everything is my fault. I don't want to express my emotions to other people because then I'm going to think that I'm crazy. And if I show people how I really feel and if I, you know, allow them to see the emotional emotional vulnerability um that side of me then they can use that against me or they're gonna just think I'm crazy or blah 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 so it's like I just don't show any emotion and a lot of the time I come off quite detached or Mm. um you know a lot of the times when I am in a state of depression too I, I try to act more fun than I normally would be so like really impulsive for example a couple days ago I was I had like a like a day-long streak of just super sad um super you know stressed down I was not feeling confident I was not feeling happy and I just went and got three tattoos like just (laughs) because I (laughs) love that (laughs) like it works um but it's just like super impulsive and self-destructive behaviors, even though tattoos aren't specifically self-destructive, just Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Like some people, you know, use like drugs, some people drink, some people party. There's a lot of like, um, one thing I actually went through was hypersexuality and then switching, like going from one side to the other. So Mm -hmm. there was like a period in the summer where I was just going nuts. And that was because I was, in a really bad state. I was like needing validation from other people to, you know, feel happy and um, feel like I mattered to somebody. And hypersexuality is actually a huge, huge, huge indicator of borderline personality disorder. And then one day I woke up and I was like, ew, people are disgusting. And then I literally didn't talk to, hang out with like anything for like three and a half months. Cause I was like, people literally disgust me. And it, it's, it just flips all the time and it's just super unstable. And um, one thing I did want to talk about, which I mentioned earlier, was like blaming another person. Um, with borderline personality disorder, a lot of the times it can come with something called an FP or a favorite person. You can have up to three, but essentially what an FP is, is it's basically like you don't really control who your FP is, but your brain just kind of picks somebody and they basically control I mean obviously they don't know they're doing it but Mm -hmm. they essentially control and you base all your emotions off them so if your FP is happy you're on top of the world you're amazing Mm -hmm. but I remember in the last podcast when I would like you know when someone would text me hi and said hey and my whole day was ruined I came to realize that was because when that person would text me that they were my FP at the time and I didn't know what that was Mm -hmm. so it's like you know if and it can be, it can be like boyfriend or girlfriend. It can be parents. It can be family. It can be, you know, your best friend. And 
if that person or those people who were my FPs at the time did like the slightest thing to indicate that like they didn't like me anymore, they weren't interested or I was annoying them, even if that wasn't the case, my, I would just spiral. I would just like go down into a deep depression. I'm like, they're going to leave me. Everybody hates me. Like if they don't like me, like no one's going to like me, blah, blah, blah. Um, and it, it's exhausting because obviously if this person just leaves you on red one day because they're busy, you know that they're just busy, but your brain is like, no, they hate you abort mission. <laughs> it's like, you know what I mean? So that it was nice to like figure out why I did everything that I did because all my previous, um, diagnosis diagnoses, I guess would explain certain, um, like specific behaviors of mine, but it wouldn't dig into everything. And I just thought it was normal. I just thought it was normal to be super anxious at the, at that point. I was like, what? how does everyone not feel this? And then <laughs> I started doing my research on BPD after I got diagnosed and I was like, ah, this makes a lot of sense. <laughs> um, yeah. And a lot of the times, I think I mentioned this in the other podcast, but for example, if, you know, my FP or not even an FP, just somebody that I formed an emotional attachment to, mm -hmm. um, if I get the sense and a lot of it, I don't want to say it's in your head. I mean, yes, it's in your head, but like, um, if I came to the conclusion that somebody was going to leave or that somebody didn't like me anymore, I would leave and I would push them out before they could leave and hurt me. Mm -hmm. and, and I've lost a lot of people doing that because looking back, they weren't going to leave. I was just thinking they were going to, because they said hi instead of, Hey, mm -hmm. um, but, you know, now that makes a lot of sense. And the other thing is that, especially in these last three and a half, four months, I, I went from, you know, emotionally attaching to almost everybody that I met to not being able to form any emotional connections. And mm -hmm. it's just like, I don't want to say I can turn my emotions off necessarily, but I, in terms of being able to attach or connect with somebody, I am able to tell myself no and to not to, to basically detach from everybody um mm. because i'm afraid of getting hurt again and i've met a lot of people in the last three and a half months and i've had a lot of opportunities to make a bunch of friends but you know as the, these last three and a half months have been really hard i definitely have lost myself once i got diagnosed i was doing really good for about a month because i was like yes i figured everything out and then i was kind of in a shitty living situation and you know mm -hmm. I kind of really really lost myself um but now I'm like figuring everything out and doing a lot better than I was a month ago but um that definitely made it a lot worse but yeah. now I know what's wrong so now I know how to fix it <laughs> yeah for sure no yeah no that's like obviously first thank you for sharing that that's yeah. it's amazing and um you like you're always one, I think, from the very first time I ever met you to now, I've always been like one of the most, I guess one of like the strongest, um, most courageous, but also most like vocal, I mm -hmm. guess vocal, vocally empowering, if that makes sense. Thank like, you. yeah, like it's just every time that I see something about you, like you just have so much passion behind the things that you say and behind the like when you're, when you are passionate about something, you don't hold back and you don't stop yourself from telling other people that like, it's you're going to let people know. And I, I love that. I think that's what's awesome. Um, it's gotten me into a lot of trouble sometimes, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that that's all right. Everything's a lot of that time. It's just their opinion that's stopping it. Right. And I think you voicing, um, your side of things and especially standing up for things that you do believe in and things that you're very passionate for and about is um, it's very important. And I think, like, I, I, I think, it's, I think it's so important just to, just to really stand up for yourself and stand up for the things you believe in. And that's why I love having you on here and bringing you back on was not even a question because of how the last podcast went with you was awesome and obviously all the feedback that I got on it and just like I'm sure for you it was obviously cool but 
for me, it was really exciting as well, because it was obviously one of the, one of the first ones that was ever released. And I just remember people coming up to me and be like, Hey, who, who's on that podcast that you did with like did last week. And then I was like, Oh yeah, that was great. And they're like, I loved it. Like such a strong woman. And I was like, I was like, yeah, that's pretty cool. I was like, all right, this is pretty cool. So that makes me so happy. Yeah, yeah. No, no, it was, uh, yeah, it was super cool. Um, one thing I do want to kind of even say, though, is with with diet, or I guess more so of a question, but when being diagnosed and even now, af- like mm-hmm. the whole aftermath, like everything like that, have you found it to be almost um, overwhelming to some extent where it's oh. like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't even need to finish my question. I guess that kind of answers it. No, definitely. Um, when I first got diagnosed, it was like a light bulb went off. And for the first like three days, I was like, I know what's wrong with me. After eight <laughs> years of seeing doctors and going in a hospital, I finally know what's wrong. And then after that, I was like, okay, but what am I going to do about it? And then, yeah. um, you know, I, I still obviously like when you get diagnosed and put on medication, I'm actually not on my medication right now and that's a whole other story that we talked about Mm -hmm. yesterday (laughs) Um, explain it a little bit you don't have to go into full detail but explain what why why do you not have your meds (laughs) okay well for the last three and a half months i'm gonna try and keep this as short as possible the last three and a half months four ish months i was living with somebody who i thought was my friend but who turned out to not be, be everything but a friend um she was incredibly possessive over me and what I did. She was, she, she is a pathological liar. She, you know, for example, she not only lied about going on military deployment in the U.S. or not in the U.S., but with the U.S. military, but, you know, had detailed stories about killing people and what her job was and told multiple people different stories. So nothing ever added up. Um, she lied about a lot of things. She pretended to be um, my two best friends that passed away. She was like typing on the TV, pretending they were sending me messages when it obviously wasn't them. Um, lied about money. Uh, but one of the biggest issues and why I don't have my medication is one of, um, one of her friends was staying with us for a little while who was battling addiction. And um, I, I, I still couldn't even tell you why she did this, but she tried to make it look like he was taking my antidepressants to try to overdose or get high. I don't really know which one. Um, but obviously that wasn't the case. And I stayed with him all night and judging by how many were missing, you know, he, if he had taken even like five or six, cause mine are pretty high dosage. If he had even taken like five or six, he would be like seizing and throwing up. He would not be okay. Um, and there was about like, I want to say like, 30 to 50 missing um and some of hers were actually on the floor too so I was like oh this makes a lot of sense um but she ended up just taking my antidepressants and throwing them away or doing whatever with them to make it look like he was trying to take them when he wasn't so lots of stuff going on there um but I'm out of that thank god (laughs) I'm in my own place now it's fantastic um but yeah just a lot of little things big things I don't even want to get into I'm not even going to give her the quote (laughs) (laughs) but <laughs> yeah exactly oh my gosh that but, is bizarre so, like I was saying right now I'm not on my medication um I actually I'm getting my medication mailed because I still get it from Canada um so I'm getting it mailed to me it should be here by the end of the week um so right now I'm just kind of living life unmedicated <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah it's definitely definitely overwhelming I would say mostly in a good way um, you know, some of the things that I noticed that I didn't, like I said, that I didn't even really know weren't normal was I have a really, really unstable self-image. And when I started my medication and especially like my Adderall and the Wellbutrin, I was finally able to like find who I was, like find who Grace really was. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously living in the situation that I was living in, it was really hard and I lost myself again, but you know, a lot of the times, like I'll look in the mirror and it's a lot of, it's called depersonalization. Um, so it's like, you look in the mirror, but you basically see it. Like you're looking at yourself, looking in the mirror, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like you're driving and it feels like you're in a video game or like, 
Um, you know, you're looking around and you're like, this isn't real. Life isn't real. And nothing, none of this is real. Like it's, it's a weird feeling. Um, and then you look at yourself and you don't really know who you are. Um, you know, the one thing that, um, I am kind of struggling with, with my Adderall is the weight loss, because this is going to sound kind of morbid. Obviously the BPD and like the eating disorder side of that is like, yeah, I'm losing weight. But then the other side of me is like, mm, you're 112 pounds. You should probably eat more. <laughs> but, um, it's, it's, it's when I have suicidal thoughts, when I have those intrusive thoughts, when I have those, like the ED is like talking, it's not like a plan. It's not like, Oh, you, you know, you're fat, you're whatever. It's like, you deserve not to eat today just for funsies or like <laughs> you should probably die. Like just, just, and then it's like, why? It's like, I don't know. You should just probably die. Like, there's no like specific, like I'm going to kill myself. I'm going to do this plan. It's just like that voice is like, Hey, you should probably like go drive off a cliff. And <laughs> it's not fun. It's weird. But, um, so that is something that I'm working on correcting right now. Um, mm -hmm. And that's probably like at the forefront of my concerns because my mood stabilization has gotten pretty much under control. Um, so now I'm working on that other stuff, you know, the impulsivity, the um, intrusive thoughts, all that stuff, but it's definitely mm -hmm. overwhelming. Even though I know what's wrong, it's still like, okay, but why won't it go away? Why, why isn't it gone forever? Why, why is it like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So for sure. It's a blessing and it's a blessing and a curse. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I think it's just like from an outsider's perspective, I think it's just so great that you obviously figured it out though and got it like, cause now it's just, now it's obviously the process. And that's one of the biggest things that I try to preach with everyone. And I preach with myself is that this is a process. Like it doesn't just happen yeah. overnight. Like Oh, it yeah. doesn't and as much as you want it to as much as like everyone wants it to happen so fast and everything has to be so quick nowadays this is one of those things that it's not and it takes time it takes a lot yeah. of a lot of effort a lot of hard work and it oh. takes seeking help it takes so many different things and mm -hmm. I like that's again why having you on is so great is because like, you're just, you're proof of that. Like you're so open with all of these topics and you are very, you're like the first one. <laughs> oh my gosh. <coughs> Sorry. You're the, you're the, very, like, you're one of the first ones just to jump on it and be like, Hey, this is not easy. This is hard. This takes work. And I was literally one of my best friends down here. She's actually going through the same thing where she just recently got diagnosed and like her, her doctor therapist, like trying to figure out what medication. And, you know, she, she called me yesterday and um, we hung out yesterday and she was really frustrated and she was crying. And I was explaining to her, I was like, it's, it's not like in the movies where, you know, something happens and you go to the doctor and then you get medicated right away. Like it's mm -hmm. very, very trial and error. You're literally like each person is basically this sounds like bad, but each person who goes to get help, first of all, I, when I went and saw the psychiatrist right after the first podcast, I had been waiting since April, mm -hmm. since April. And I, I know it's the pandemic or whatever, but you know, even before then I would have to wait like two, three months to see one. Um, and you know, she had been waiting for a while and I explained to her, I was like, it's not like you just get see a psychiatrist the same day and then you go on a medication like every each person is basically like its own little science experiment of like mm -hmm. what medication is going to work because what works for one person may not work for somebody and you know this combination is not going to work for this person and mm -hmm. this dog or this um dosage isn't going to work for this person and it's it sucks it's it sucks i've been like i said seeing psychiatrists hospitalized however many times I've been seeing a doctor since I was in eighth grade and I'm almost 22 and I finally just got it figured out. It's not easy, but mm -hmm. how I see it is like, would you rather, you know, kind of either way, whether you're seeking help or not, you're going to feel like shit. You're going to feel all the symptoms of whatever you're diagnosed with, whatever you're battling, you're going to feel that no matter what. So mm -hmm. would you rather feel that knowing there's a light at the end of the tunnel, knowing that, yes, it's hard. Yes, it takes time. Yes, you know, I'm impatient, but 
I'm getting help and then knowing that there's going to be an end to that, or at least it's the symptoms are going to subside or just keep going through life, feeling like crap and then feeling sorry for yourself. And this is never going to end. So it (laughs) sucks, but getting help at least gives you hope. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? So, and you know, that's why I still, I, you know, I, I did give up for a few years. I was like, there's no hope, blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, wait, yes, there is. I'm like 18. (laughs) What do you mean? There's no hope. Um, and then, yeah, I just, I just stuck through it. I fought through it. And then I, I mean, I did it and everyone else can too. It just, you really just have to stick to it. You have to just push through and especially starting antidepressants. The first four to six weeks are going to be horrible. Um, you know, you, every doctor talks about this, but starting antidepressants you feel more depressed for the first like two three weeks and then you I I know for myself I had a lot of like stomach issues so mm-hmm. that can happen some people you know um, get insomnia some people it honestly has the potential to make you feel more suicidal than you actually are for the first little bit but that's just the meds regulating but I promise you if you just push through that and you just wait and just fight that feeling you feel so good after and it's again it might not be on the first try it might not be on the first combo of meds it might not be on the first dosage but you'll know you'll just feel it and you'll feel like an instant relief Mm -hmm. absolutely so yeah yeah. no I I even just want to say a little bit about my Mm kind of like my experience too so like and just speaking on how you said it's trial and error and that's mm-hmm. something that I harp on so much. And I harp on every single day with people is because for the past, what is it now? It's like seven years of my life has been trial and error and just figuring yeah. stuff out and figuring it out on my own and having other people help me and just so many different things. But one thing that I do really want to talk about is the meds. And for myself, like I remember I went on, I went on like Zoloft that was the first one I ever got put on, ever tried. And I was on that for, I don't even know, probably like two months, three months, something like that. And what? Poor thing. Yeah. And I was like, I hated it. I hated it so much. And I was like, this is awful. Like, this is absolutely terrible. And then I switched. I forget what I switched to. I can't remember. But like, even that switching process, this is something that I want people to know is that that switching process is not an easy process. Like you have to, cause I was on like a decently high dosage with the Zoloft. So I had to wean myself off of that and then get down to where I wasn't on it and then ramp myself up onto this new one. Like you can't just jump right into like, what's going to work for you. And you can't just get right off them when they don't. And that was the difficult process for me because switching over meds was like a month, a month long or you over a month, like process. Like that's not fun. Like who likes, who likes to do that and go through that sort of stuff for over a month? Like, yeah. Like nobody just, you don't sit back and say, yeah, sweet. I'm going to be more depressed for the next month. Like, yay me. Yeah. Like it's not, yeah. Like it was just, that's the one thing that I hated um, because it was such a tedious process and it was so difficult. And although like, yeah, like I'm honestly like for me, everyone's different, obviously. Like for me, I am totally fine without being on meds, which is I'm very thankful for. I managed to figure, figure my shit out a little bit and got to the point where I obviously I didn't need them and I don't have something that does need um, medication to assist which again, like very thankful for that. Mm -hmm. But the, the process of going on, on those meds and off those meds was, it was brutal. And I, even this, like this was, I remember on, when I was on the second med, second set of medications, I was like, screw this. I'm done. Like, fuck this. I'm so out. Mm -hmm. And then I literally, I just remember I cut it cold Turkey and I was like, screw this. Like I'm done. And I, yeah, like your reaction says it all. Like that's the worst thing you could ever do. And I knew that too, but I was like, I just hate them so much. Like I just, I don't want to, like, it was just making things so much worse. Cause I was so in my head to the point where it was like, I, 
I don't want to be known as like that guy that has to be taking meds all the time. You know, like that was me. Like I was playing at a high level hockey and I'm there like on road trips and stuff, just like taking my meds. And I'm like, do you know, like, I just, it didn't feel right. And that's when I was like, screw this. I'm done. Like threw, I didn't throw, I didn't throw them away, but I just like put them in my toiletry bag and never, never really touched them. And then, yeah. And then I went to the doctor though. And they're like, what are you doing? That's the worst thing you could ever do. And I was like, yeah, I know. I just didn't like them. And then they're like, okay, well now you have to get back on them. And I was like, great. Then they're like, yeah, you have to come off them for the next like three weeks. And I was like, that's awesome. And it was just, yeah, it just wasn't fun. But that's like, that's what all this is. It's like, it's not easy. It's not, yeah, it's a journey. my friends and I, I definitely used to like, when I was, I was, cause I was on Prozac and Ritalin when I was in high school. And <laughs> at that time I was like, God, I hate being on meds. Like everyone thinks I'm a nutcase, like blah, blah, mm-hmm. like same sort of thing. Now, for example, if I forget to take my Adderall, you can tell, you can just tell. <laughs> and my friends are like, are you going to take your Adderall today? <laughs> like they'll be able to tell when I don't. And then you know, they'll make fun of me. They'll be like, guys, she's raw dog and ADHD. Just let her do her thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. But like, now I just, I just like not really make a joke, like making fun of myself, but it's like, oh, huh. Like I'm on meds. Huh. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, exactly. Cause like I said, last time I use humor to cope and obviously not towards other people, but for myself, mm. um, like when I got diagnosed with borderline, I would make jokes about it all the time. With my ADHD, I make jokes about it all the time. And it just helps me kind of come to terms with it. It helps me, um, you know, feel a bit better about it in a way. And, you know, I just, I'm like, I don't, why? I mean, it's obviously a serious issue, but for me, for like myself and my own comfort, I'm like, why does it gotta be so serious? Like, okay, I have it and what? Like, mm. I'm not gonna sit there and cry myself. I mean, I have done that a million times, but I'm not going <laughs> to cry myself to sleep about having a mental illness. Cause mm. if somebody has the flu, if somebody has a broken leg, I mean, they might cry about having a broken leg, but they're not going to sit there and, you know, be like, I have a broken leg. I'm broken forever. Blah, blah, blah. Like it's mm-hmm. a broken leg. You'll heal. You'll get better. Same sort of mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, it's like, absolutely. The flu, the flu sucks. You feel like shit, but you're going to get better. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah. There's, there's always hope. Exactly. There always is. And there's like it, there is. Yeah, exactly. And that's what a lot of people need to realize. And that's why, again, with this whole platform and with, even with you, like sharing your story and everything, it just, it really does prove that like this, this, this is normal. Like it's not like ever there's, I guess now it's like, there's a lot of episodes out and that's a lot of stories. That's a lot of people that have yeah. gone through some stuff. And it's mm-hmm. like, there's a lot more people that have gone through some stuff, a lot, yeah. like so many more people. And yeah. that's, that's the proof of it is that like, this is so normal. And so for those people that are struggling to speak up and those people that are really battling some, some self, almost like even self doubt in themselves and just like, feel like they don't have any worth or feel like their their struggles aren't big enough even like that's a big one actually is a lot of people feel like their struggles aren't big enough to talk about and it's it's like all struggles are worth talking about it's better like why not talk about them why not realize like acknowledge them and figure out how to deal with them and do everything like it's I, I talk about that all the time like you know I have a lot of friends who you know, on the outside, it looks like that, you know, they have perfect lives and they feel like they can't feel sad. And it's like, I talk about going to therapy with everybody. If one of my friends is struggling, I'm like, go to therapy. They're like, what? I don't need therapy. And it's like, everybody needs therapy. It's, you know, you don't therapy and like everything like that is so stigmatized to people, you know, like me who have like specific mental diagnosis and who, you know, kind of have like psychotic mood swings and blah, blah, blah. But even just your parents getting divorced, that's heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. You know, breaking up with somebody, even if you dated for a month, that's heartbreaking. You know, losing a friend, someone passing away, like even just being stressed out with school, like internalizing those little things and then having them build up is what's going to cause those bigger issues. 
So, mm-hmm. you know, maybe therapy isn't for that person specifically, but being able to share those, whether or not their struggles are like a lot or not, a, like not that bad, your feelings are still valid. No matter what you can stub your toe and call your therapist and be like, I fucking stubbed my toe, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like, and it's still valid. You can still be pissed off. You can still be sad. It doesn't matter what you're going through, whether it's a breakup or, you know, you just, you got mad at your parents, even though your parents are together and they're living a happy white picket fence sort of scenario, you mm-hmm. can still fight with your parents. You can still fight with your siblings. You can still fight with your friends and that hurts and that you carry that no matter how big or how small. Mm-hmm. So it's good to talk about it. It's good to go to therapy or talk to your friends or like, you know, write. I, I've been writing. I've been doing a lot of writing uh, therapy mm-hmm. and it's really helped. Um, so, you know, just it's, yeah, your feelings are valid. So I completely agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so awesome. Um, I guess I kind of want to, well, I kind of want <laughs> obviously there's so many questions that I obviously always have for every single person. Um, especially yourself being one that comes back on, but, um, I do want to ask you, cause you just reminded me of a conversation that we had and that was about, um, even spirituality. Cause I talked about writing and journal prompting and stuff. And I knew that you wanted to talk about something that <laughs> is very important to you now, That'd which has definitely changed. And you didn't, you didn't talk about it before, but, um, yeah, talk about this the spirituality and your little shift that you took me and all my rocks (laughs) (laughs) um so I like rocks (laughs) no so um no Leo likes he Leo likes playing with them so I'm gonna move him over there um I I've always been very into astrology and like zodiac signs and okay Leo go away and like learning about that kind of stuff since like middle school I've always been into that and um you know in like November December I started learning about um like metaphysical healing which is like you know crystals incense sage um and the history of that and like how that like type of spirituality ties into astrology and um you know I I wouldn't necessarily call myself a religious person, but I also wouldn't say that I'm atheist. My whole life, I like always believed there was something out there, but I never really knew what it was. And then I started getting into this stuff. So now I would say I'm I you know I would say that I'm like spiritual, um, but it I again like religion can be something that helps somebody a lot with you know what they're dealing with, and I found that. Um, this type of, I guess, belief system has really helped me and not even just belief system, but like, you know, I like these rocks are pretty, like, look at, I have like this one and I have (laughs) this one and I have, Ooh, this one, like rainbow is cool. And then I have like this one and I just have like, Okay, actually, I don't know if this is a placebo effect. I'm convinced that this is real. So this is called black tourmaline or tourmaline, however you want to pronounce it. I kid you not, if I lay down and I just play some like relaxing meditation music and I put it on my forehead like this, I literally feel it pulsating. Like I kid you not. And you know, people can call me crazy, whatever, but um obviously like each crystal each rock has its own like properties and purposes um generally like black or darker crystals especially uh black tourmaline one of the like main properties is it it grounds you and it basically draws negative energy and like negative feelings out from your like your body your heart your soul everything so when you feel it pulsating to me and what that says is that's literally drawing out the negativity and again it could just be a placebo effect but i believe that once i lay there for 15 20 minutes with that on my forehead and then i cleanse it and then i you know start like go with my day i feel a million times better mm-hmm. and um you know these tie into 
um, something called shadow work, which is what I have been doing when I said I've been doing writing therapy. And it's essentially um, like shadow work essentially taps into your like inner child and your shadow, which is, um, you know, a lot of the things that you may have suppressed and that you have may never have dealt with. And it really brings to light um, those things that you need to work on. It like calls you out kind of. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know, I, I find that it has helped a lot, not just because it's like something that gives me comfort and like, I just feel more protected with the crystals and with this belief system and with everything with my incense or whatever, but just the fact that it all ties into healing your inner child and healing those parts of you that you have suppressed, especially since I have quiet BP and I suppress everything. Um, <laughs> being able to have some sort of creative outlet that's not just like how do you feel today what did you do Mm -hmm. that made you happy like it's it's like for example one of the prompts that I just recently did was like um what unhealthy attachments do you still hold on to that you know you'd be better off without and it like calls you out with stuff like that or like yeah what do you forgive other people for that you don't forgive yourself for and it's you know stuff like that um and just, it, it's so cool learning about it. And they actually, um, there was a study, I can't, I don't remember the source or anything. I'm sure I could find it. Um, but they took uh, like a crystal and they put it under, I don't know the name of the apparatus. So don't quote me on this, but like the device where you can put objects and objects and it can pick up energy. They put a crystal underneath it and there was like, it lit up like a Christmas tree there was a lot of energy in it. And they actually did a study where they took a, like a crystal that had just been found versus a crystal that had been like passed around by a lot of people and in a gift shop. And the crystal that had, that was like just found had a lot more energy and a lot more light than the one that, um, you know, had been passed around and had been around forever and had seen and been around a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was pretty cool. Cause I was like, well, that just proves it right there. That's nuts. That's really crazy. That's like, you know, Dr. Joe Dispenza. (laughs) Yes, actually. Yes. Yeah. So like, that's, that's like some, some of that stuff. I mean, different, but sort of the same. And uh, I even went in, actually, when I was in Victoria, I went into a shop that sold Mm -hmm. crystals and rocks and just all this sort of stuff. And it was, it was really cool. Like um, Mm -hmm. I had a full blown conversation with the guy for, I don't even know how long it was quite a while. Like we were, we were in there for quite a while and he was, um, he was just telling us about this stuff and showing us like the singing bowls to use for meditation and just like some crazy stuff. And he was just talking a lot about it. And cause I didn't know anything about it really, because what you like, typically, I think for most people, you would hear people talking about what you just talked about not with all the that context though, but here you talking about different crystals and how it can change your life. And people would be like, this person's psycho. What do you, what do you mean? <laughs> you know, but in reality, it's like, that's not the case. Like there's so many different things that we don't, for some reason, we always turn a blind eye to. And this is one of those things that I think, I think it's such a hidden gem. Oh yeah. And like no pun such, intended. Yeah, actually. <laughs> like such such a hidden gem. And I just like I think I think just trying things and trying things that work and I mean exactly. It's funny cuz even yesterday when you when you brought up you brought up the prompts and I was like, "Oh, these would be great journal prompts." Like this is mm-hmm. like I would you like I use some of these. Like that sounds great. And like yeah like this is like this is what it is and I'm like so then obviously like when you start to learn more again it's like people always base their opinions off of stuff that they don't actually know it's kind of until you try something then you can't really say anything you know I even before I got into these I remember um I started like growing interest in them before it became a TikTok trend because now it's super trendy on social media and stuff Mm -hmm. Um, which I feel like crap even talking about it because I don't want to come off as somebody. And again, I support whatever anyone wants to do, but I actually believe in it. And I actually, you know, 
practice with them and I actually put them to good use. I use them when I meditate. I use them when I do yoga. I use them when I'm having a bad day. Like when I'm having a good day, I have some in my car to protect me when I'm driving. Like, um, I actually believe in this stuff. And I feel like because it's become so trendy, the, um, what's the word I'm thinking of it? I don't know. It's, it's just lost. It's like how genuine it is. And it's just lost. Like, I don't want to say it's purpose, but you know what I'm trying to say? I can't really think of the yeah. word. But I can't think of the word either, but I know exactly validity, what you're trying to say. It's lost its validity. I don't know. But um, I definitely, before I got into this and before I did my research on it, I was like, I mean, rocks are cool, but what, like, are you for real? Like this can be something. And how I see it is like, you know, obviously religion is so, you know, universal everywhere there's different religions everywhere but to atheists to people who don't believe in anything look hearing somebody talk about this guy who like has a say over everything and who lives in the sky and who lives in the trees and who lives in like everyone they're gonna be like that's that's crazy like what what are you talking about that doesn't exist but that doesn't happen because religion in in itself has become so widely accepted that you can look at somebody and be like oh you believe in god cool it should be the same thing with this. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, if we can believe in that, why can't we believe in this? Mm-hmm. Or why can't we believe in, um, you know, other like holistic healing practices? Mm-hmm. And, no, I totally agree. You know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. Um, kind of before we wrap this up, I want to usually I'm always like, Hey, give me this, give me that. Um, but I obviously didn't even ask you to, to prep anything before this. I think it was, I think we came into this from the right standpoint though. Like not like we came into it to reflect and to talk about where you've been for the past five (laughs) months, I guess, or whatever it's been. And, um, no, it's, it's been an amazing episode and i think this is one again that's gonna definitely help a lot of people and i don't know if you know this or not but i had somebody reach out to me and say that they listened to your podcast Mm -hmm. and after hearing some of the stuff that you talked about they ended up going and getting um they ended up going to the doctor and actually getting diagnosed with something because they heard your podcast and they went in and said, Hey, this is some of the stuff I've been going through. I heard somebody talk about it. What's up? <laughs> and they, yeah, they, they ended up coming back. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Oh it's my, happened no, a couple times with some people, but it's like, yeah, it's really neat. What? Oh, that yeah. makes me so happy. Yeah. I have, so like I you're making a difference. <laughs> people reach out actually and it was I mean like not overwhelming it was amazing and like in the best way possible I was like oh my god like you mentioned people were gonna reach out but I didn't think it was gonna be that many I was like holy (laughs) shit um but no hearing that oh my god that's all I wanted to do was even just make a difference in one person's life like you know I'll take the fall for it I'll I'll be the one to share my story so that maybe people who are scared to don't have to but they can still go get help without Mm -hmm. you know having to tell everyone what's going on but no like I that makes me so 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 happy and like Mm -hmm. proud and I I just feel like a proud mom (laughs) there you go (laughs) I love it yeah no that's so awesome okay one question though what Cause this, I can throw on to you and throw you, put you in the spot. What would be your biggest tip of advice for somebody that's struggling? I'm going to ask you this one again. Let's see if it's the exact same or if you change it up. Mm. Honey, remember what I said last time. My, uh, biggest tip for somebody who's struggling. I would say, I think what I said last time, like it's okay to not be okay. And it's okay to get help, but also get help not in a bad way, not saying it like, not saying it like you need help, but like what's holding you back. Like I said earlier, you're going to be feeling like crap, no matter what, why Mm -hmm. not try to fix it? Why not? And you don't have to start with a psychiatrist, even just going to a counselor. If you're in high school, university, mostly in university, but like, you know, they provide those counselors and those resources for you. Take advantage of them. 
seriously. I saw my psychiatrist through my university because through my family practitioner, it was going to take at least six months. Mm -hmm. So, you know, take advantage of the resources that your school has. Don't be afraid to get help. Don't be afraid to, you know, accept that something is wrong. It doesn't mean that you're a bad person. It doesn't mean that you're crazy. It doesn't mean that, um, you know, you're stuck with this for life. And if it is something that is with you for life, why would you not want to deal with it? Why would you want to live the rest of your life that way? Mm-hmm. 100%. So, you know, reach out to people. Like I said, you can start small. It doesn't have to be right away being like, yeah, psychiatrist, I need, I need help. But like, um, go, go to a counselor. Even I know it's, I know it's really hard to talk to your friends and your family. Trust me. I, I, I can sit here and be like, talk to your parents or talk to your friends, but I get it. It's hard, especially when you're going through something, you don't want your parents to worry. You don't want your friends to think you're crazy, but put yourself first, especially when it comes to your mental health, put yourself first mm-hmm. and make sure that you're dealing with what you need to deal with before. That's another thing. For me personally, I'm an empath. I love helping people. I love making other people happy, but that's gotten me to a lot of trouble, especially in the last three and a half months. So just remember, put yourself first. Sorry, thought someone was at my door. (laughs) Um, But no, keeping yourself first, getting help, recognizing that it's okay to want help. It's okay to be unstable. It's okay to be in pain obviously you don't want to be in pain but like it's okay if it happens Mm -hmm. so you know just that I guess yeah that's awesome that is a great that's great (laughs) like that actually is that's that's no it's (laughs) no it is it's no it's it's pure gold I um again just come back to the rock analogies all the terms and all that jazz but yeah exactly no but it is it's been such a pleasure to have you back on this podcast oh. and have you share another piece to your story and <laughs> i i'm i will say this i'm sure we'll probably have a part three at some oh, point down I, the road I, I, I'm, that. I was like yeah yeah, literally. Like I'll I'll guarantee you at some point down the road we'll do a we'll do another one and it'll it'll be awesome and who knows what day when that'll really be. Could be in a few months, could be in a few years, it could be in a few decades. We don't know, but at oh, it'll happen. It's coming. It's coming. So people people have to wait and they have to uh they have to constantly constantly be on the prowl to see. But no, it's, exactly. it's, it's been awesome. And I've loved having you back on here. I love being on here. I, I love talking to you. Like, you know, I always, I mean, I've only been on here twice, but I got so nervous both times I was sitting there. Like I was FaceTiming my friend before I went on here. And I was like, I'm so nervous. I don't know like, I'm, <laughs> how I'm going to talk, but it, it just flows so easy. Like, it's just, it's yeah. so like, it just feels so comforting and mm-hmm. um, just, you know, relaxing and easy to talk to you and just easy mm-hmm. to do this. So I appreciate you giving me a platform to share and you giving so many other people a platform to share and like in a safe space too. It's mm-hmm. not awkward or anything. So yeah, absolutely. That, hey, and that's it's literally what I always tell everyone is that all I'm doing is basically providing a safe place for people to share their story. Obviously it gets spread <laughs> everywhere, but it's a safe place. And I even always say like, there's no need to be nervous before coming on here because nine out of 10 people are very nervous to come on. And I totally understand why, but as soon as they get on their nerves, just immediately vanish, which is an amazing feeling for myself. And to see that because I don't think I've ever, ever acknowledged that somebody was nervous on a podcast. Like I've never seen anybody on this screen and been like, Oh wow, they seem pretty nervous. Like everyone's always just pretty chill. And that's, Yeah, it's it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. For sure. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on. And yeah, we for definitely having- will chat really soon, I promise. Yeah. And we'll I need to hear the rest of that story about your your ex-roommate yeah. and all the ins and outs of it because I know it's crazy. Yeah, maybe maybe that's part three. Who knows? It might be. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs>
<laughs> who knows okay it was so awesome talking to you again grace yeah. and we'll chat really soon yeah absolutely have a good night thanks for having me of course talk to you later thank you so much for listening to another episode of struggle create strength i hope everyone enjoyed grace's story and i highly encourage you to reach out to her and have some form of conversation with her or even just talk to her message her ask her about her story, ask her about her life. She's an amazing person to talk to and somebody that is always willing to help. Now, if you do wanna reach out to me or potentially come on the podcast, you're more than welcome to at Struggle Create Strength on both Instagram and Facebook, or you can also reach me on my website at strugglecreatestrength.com. All podcasts are posted on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Facebook, and additional posts are posted on Instagram as well. Also, be sure to share this podcast and the episodes with your friends and family and everyone that you know or share it on social media while tagging Struggle Create Strength as not only does it help boost it up in the algorithm of the podcast world, but it also helps those people that are struggling in silence and it gives more people the, the potential or a chance of being helped because you're sharing it and you're normalizing the topic of mental health just by sharing something so simple. So thank you to people who do continue to do that. And if you don't, then I highly encourage you to, because you never know who might be struggling. Now, again, huge thank you to everyone who continues to listen. And just always remember that everyone has a story. Oh.